Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place to find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcomed questions and learn to live free and real. Each week, we'll take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join our host as we get real with ourselves, with God, and with you. Welcome back to the Real Life Podcast with Jamie and Anthony as we dive into another great topic today and this mindset for this messed up times that we live in. And as we were talking and getting ready, we talked and we discussed and we decided that today we would talk about when God says no. Exciting topic, brother. What do you think? So you mean to tell me that a God that loves me would say no? Oh, no. Oh, no. I think that's what I'm saying. You know, just a quick caveat as we jump into this. You know, what if God says no because he absolutely has a better yes? Okay, we're done. Podcast over. Should you we just have saved that? Up. Should we have saved that to the end? No, no, it's good. It's I good. think we should have saved it. Good lead in. It was a good lead good in. Good lead in. All right, brother, take off. You've got some scripture for us. Yeah, Isaiah chapter 55. And, and, and guys, just to set the platform here... Um, I think a modern Americanized Christianity, to in large part, um, is very consumer focused. Uh, somehow we we've, we've, we've developed the idea through time that um, God is um, we're the center of the universe and God revolves around us, and that all of a sudden that that when I become a believer, things are great and. At least it's almost like a, the, the social media life. Everything is perfect and wonderful, and there's rainbows and sunshine and 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 unicorns and all the good the goodies. Wait, that, wait, before you go whoa, on, whoa. are you saying I'm not supposed to be driving a Cadillac? Oh, come on! <laughs> you know, I, you know that what Jesus say that 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 Satan come to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, and I come that you may have life and have it in a Cadillac. In a Cadillac, I ain't mean, that what know, it said? It's the word, right? That's yeah. <laughs> so the consumer gospel. And so I think a good a good a good part of what we're going to do on this podcast is de-Americanize uh, the or de uh, demodernize de-Americanize de- um, the 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 tainted uh, version of the gospel. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about it's a tough topic because dealing with disappointment is a very very difficult thing to digest mm-hmm. and and the way the gospel is portrayed in a lot of american uh ministry today it is almost portrayed that if god doesn't move then somehow you didn't perform enough or you didn't do good enough or you somehow didn't have enough faith or or maybe that uh, uh something's wrong with you if god didn't move and so I, I I don't think that's a new notion. Matter of fact, the Pharisees, Sadducees had the same mindset then. If, if you know, they would even ask the question: If somebody in your family is sick or or something like that, well, what who you sinned? do? What who sinned? Who mm-hmm. done wrong? What are you not doing right? And and so, uh, I just want to set the set the premise, guys. We're going to be disappointed, and and things are going to come. But I want to I want to anchor down in Isaiah chapter fifty five, verse number eight and nine. As we just really settle down and, and, and base this on, on this scripture, it'll be a good launching pad. Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Mm. Oof. Yeah, this is that whole, we put God in this box and we say God has to fit inside this framework, inside this box that I have in my mind of what God is. He has to fit in here. But I mean, you are, we absolutely blow that away with this scripture. Think about it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways, my ways, saith the Lord. That's unbelievable. I mean, and I mean that puts it. That I think that shatters the American gospel or that American thought process of I should have the best. I should never have to be sick again. I should never have to worry about money again. I'm not going to be hurt ever again. Man, everything's going to be. Hey, I'm living my best life now. Headaches and heartburns. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, see, if this is the best life we have right now, man, it's not. It, 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 that's bad. <laughs> it's bad. If this is the best life now, it's bad. If a man only have hope in this world, a wise man once said, "He is of all man most miserable." Who was that? Yeah, that's Apostle Paul. Think about it. I mean, what if? What if? You know, that's so true. What if in this life only, that's the only time we had hope in Christ? Mm. You really would be miserable because yeah. there'd be nothing to there'd be nothing to look forward to. You'd be like, well, I got hope now, but when I die, well, that's gonna be it. Talk about a mindset for a messed up time. Mm. That's a, oh man, that's great. Let's dive in, man. Dig deeper. So, um, a lifestyle or a life in a world that has fallen. Mm-hmm. You know, even us as uh, as as um, uh, sons of God, right? Yeah. Children of a living King, born again, uh, baptized into His kingdom. We're we're loving Him, and we're living, but we're living in a fallen world. We are, and 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 in that fallen world, there's going to be disappointments and discouragements, and things come at us that are unexpected, and so it rains on the just and the unjust alike. That is, good and bad things are going to come, and so um, imagine preaching the 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 message that all things are going to be great to the Apostle Paul as he was beat and placed into prison multiple times and shipwrecked and snake-bitten and forbidden to uh, to be in, in certain countries at all. Imagine preaching this to, to John, the one that was placed onto an island because he preached the gospel. Imagine telling this to uh, one Jeremiah who spent most of his life in prison and Spent forty years with with not one person being being uh, that he knew of being converted under his ministry. Yeah. Imagine telling this to John the Baptist, the where the scripture says there was none greater, right, at that mm-hmm. point in time than John the Baptist, and the dude was beheaded and placed on his head was placed on 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 a saucer or what yeah. was it charger a charger and yeah. given to the king. And so so I mean you you're thinking about. These men, right? You're thinking about these men who suffered. These men who, you know, try telling Jesus who who didn't have a a vehicle. He didn't have a uh, uh, a bank account. He didn't have a checking account. He didn't need it. You know, the Apostle Paul who who um, worked every day of his life. He didn't receive a, a a stipend from the church to do what he did. He worked every day of his life. He made tents. He paid his way but but imagine telling these men that suffered 
for the gospel. And Jesus even said, right, to the disciples in preparing them for ministry, he said, guys, listen, this is going to be really important. I want you to listen to me. And you can imagine the, you know, the young man leaning into the conversation at that point, you know, and, and he said, you know, you, you got to hear this. And as they leaned into the conversation, he said, don't be surprised when and then as he said that, he said, when men hate you and revile you because mm-hmm. they hated me first. Yeah. And so what that tells me, and he, he told him, guys, prepare, prepare for bad things to happen to you. Prepare for that. Because when it does, when it does, you're going to be able to count it all joy. Yep. When all manner of temptation, all manner of persecution come to you, yeah, you can count it all joy. Yeah, see, and that's where the mindset of the American church, that's where that mindset messes up. Because we think that none of these bad things should ever happen to any of us and that everything should be peaches and cream, rainbows, sunshine, and unicorns. That's what we think in our heads. But think about that. Is You know, you see the bad things that happen in life. And, uh, dude, guys, you're going to go through some junk. You're going to go through some bad things. Nowhere in the Scripture will you ever read of where the Lord said it was going to be a bed of roses, that everything was going to be all right. Yeah, trials are going to come. Tribulations are going to come. But here's the mindset shift. Is it worth to rejoice in these infirmities? That we're to give glory to God in these infirmities? Mm. Why on earth would I want to glorify the Lord in the midst of my infirmities? What's the difference in the world mindset and the Christian mindset? The world mindset focuses on, number one, I'm all about myself Mm -hmm. and the situation I'm in. The Christian mindset sees the external side of it and sees God at at work. Yeah, stuff can be falling apart all around and the child of God still be excited. Why? Because we have a living hope inside of us. A living hope inside of you that lives and breathes and moves and stirs is a billion trillion times different than that old selfish mindset that the world has inside of itself. And, you know, I Mm. love Romans 11, chapter chapter 11, verse 33. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Think about that. Oh, I love that. How beautiful that is. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. But listen to that as he speaks there. Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Mindset shift. Boom. So no longer am I focused on number one. Yeah. Stuff's going to happen. You're going to go through junk. But you have a living hope now that lives inside of you. And this spirit, this Holy Spirit that lives inside of the believer now, that's inside of this, you become like the Jeremiah that was in the prison, in the mire, in the muck as he was sunk down. Yeah, nowhere will you read of a conversion inside, inside of this ministry of this man. But then at the end of it, him sitting there and he's saying, you know, every time I spoke for the Lord, I felt like I, I, I know I felt myself in prison, in jail, in the muck, in the mire. I felt myself just in this horrible pit. And I decided that I wasn't no longer are going to say it but this is where that mindset shift for the child of God kicks in because he said I tried to keep quiet yep. but I couldn't because it was like there was a fire inside of my bones if I didn't open my mouth I felt like I was going to explode yep. that's the child of God mindset there's a fire inside of your bones the world didn't put it there the world can't take it away that's the power of God yes yes and so you know as you begin to think, talk about that, Aunt, my mind went back to 
there are times in the scripture that that men prayed and God didn't answer the prayer. Yeah. And he said no, mm-hmm. right? And and it was very disappointing that, that that he said no. And so my mind went to the old Garth Brooks song, uh, you know, thank God for unanswered <laughs> prayers. Yeah. And so, you know, there's been times in my life where I have looked back and said, you know what, Lord, you knew what you were doing. Praise God. Aren't you glad he did? You oh. knew what you were doing because oh. there was times that if I would have had my prayers answered, I would mm. have not have liked the end result of, yes. of that situation. So, you know, I do I do think that that a part of being a believer is is almost falling back the trust fall onto the Lord's plan and blindly walking and following his lead day by day and step by step. And I think that that that's where the the um, the scripture says that the word is a lamp to our feet, not a headlight to our feet. So the lamp yeah. only shines a little farther than your footsteps. So you know how to take one step forward. And then he also says that the the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And so he didn't say that that the leaps of the righteous man, but the steps, one step at a time, is ordered mm-hmm. by the Lord, because I believe that he 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 doesn't uh, reveal to us. He wants us to trust him. And so so imagine if. Okay, God would have stopped Joseph. Okay, Joseph, you know, in the story of Joseph, Mm -hmm. young Joseph being thrown into a pit and put into slavery by his brothers. Mm -hmm. I imagine Joseph probably prayed and said, God, please get me out of this. Please, please change my brother's hearts. I don't see it documented in the scripture, but if I were Joseph, I would have been praying, God, please. And God didn't change that, the brother heart. Okay. And then he was placed into slavery. Mm-hmm. And I imagine he probably prayed, God, get me out of this slavery, get me out of this slavery. And then, and then bad got worse. And in his slavery, there was a, a woman that he was working for a man named Potiphar. His wife came on to him and he said, no, obviously. And then she she ran away and screaming, oh, he tried to attack mm-hmm. me. And, and the next thing you know, he's in prison, falsely in prison. And then it, it, if God had chosen to deliver him in any of these prayers that were prayed or likely prayed, then Joseph would not have been present during the time when Israel needed him the most, when there was a famine in the land, and God chose Joseph in that season for that time even though, and he even said it, he said, what you guys meant for evil, brothers, God turned for good because he used Joseph's position in that moment. And the long story short, he was elevated to essentially the vice president of the whole nation of Egypt at the time. And then so he was a big key player in Israel being fed during the famine. And a matter of fact, the whole Egypt being fed through the famine. And so so the, the beauty of that story, okay, and then you've got you've got you got the the the, the three Hebrew boys, right? The, you know the story, everybody knows that story, where 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 the the Persian Empire was kidnapping Jewish children. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, to say that God said, "I want you to kidnap these kids." Sometimes there's bad things that are going to happen, but every time, if we're a child of a king, a child of God, he is going to flip the script on the bad thing and, and, and turn it for good. So what if God would have, would have answered the prayers of the parents or the people and said, you know what, I'm going to stop this evil from happening. I'm going to stop them from kidnapping these. No, he kidnapped the children. Okay, there they are. The three Hebrew boys are there, and the, and, and, and the, the Persian king, he doesn't, they, they don't bow. To, to the idol, yeah, and and when the music started, they didn't bow, 
He said, I'm going to place you in the fire. They placed him in the fire, and guess what? The shackles fell off mm-hmm. in the fire. They walked in the fire. The fourth man was revealed in the fire. And, and the king looked in and said, did, not, did you not throw three? And there's a fourth man likened to the Son of God. And so had they not been kidnapped, had they not been thrown in the fire, then, then Jesus Christ would not have been revealed in that situation to those people at that time. There was a decree later made that don't you dare touch the God of these three boys right here. Amazing. He's alive. And so what if God would have said no? Yeah. What, or what if he would have said yes? When when Paul was on the shipwreck at, at, at Melita, mm-hmm. you know, what if God would have said yes yeah. when when he, they prayed to save the ship? Yeah. You know, I was like, okay, no problem. I mean, you could keep going with that. You, <laughs> you know, could. Time yeah. after time. And and, 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 and and you see that, you know, okay, you got Lazarus. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop here. I want you to, I'm going to tag you in because I'm going to keep going here. <laughs> But Lazarus was a close, close friend of Jesus, and and they sent they sent a messenger to Jesus. He was a few towns over, and said, "Jesus, Lazarus got sick. He's really bad sick, and and he needs to." And and Jesus, mind you, had been raising, opening the eyes of the blind. He'd been, you know, letting the lepers, you know, heal all this stuff that was happening, the miracles, five thousand with two fish, five loaves of bread, and then they came to Jesus and said, "Your friend Lazarus is dying." And he said, I am glad. Yeah. They expected him to move, but he oh, said, yeah. no, I'm not going to move. Yeah. You know what happened? Yeah. Four days later, mm-hmm. he shows up. And then he, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Had he answered the prayer initially, the people would have never witnessed the power of the resurrection that was to be on display that day. Yeah. Think about what happened there. Don't roll that stone away. Surely he stinketh. Well, God came to change their stinking thinking, and He flipped it around. <laughs> he flipped it around on it. But you know, as you were talking about that, and you think about these stories in the Bible that we've looked at here, and think about your life, the things that you prayed for that didn't happen. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, this can get deep. Think about, think about maybe an old ex girlfriend or boyfriend that somebody's had lord this is the one i want you to marry him for me lord get him get him where i need him father and the lord stepped in and removed you from that relationship and you was like oh i'm so heartbroken but then the lord had a much better yes so in the midst of all that isn't it great to know that there is a grand architect a grand Savior yes. that sees past all the things where our natural mind stops, where we think we have it all figured out, that the grand architect of our soul, He is there. He knows what's best. And this this is what incorporates that mind of thinking that says, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Mm. How many times do we pray that in our lives daily, that, Father, not our will. Lord, you know what's best for this life. You know what's best for this heart. Lord, you know, Father, you're the one who made this body. You made this tabernacle, Lord, that this soul is in, Father. You know my weaknesses. You know my faults. You know my failures. But, Father, you know my strengths. You know what I can do. You know what I'm able to do through you because you're the one that gives me this strength. Father, God, you're the architect you're the potter of my life father take me mold me shape me to what you would have me to be father shaping me in your image and father above all things lord not my will but thy will be done when do we pray like that man that's that that's opposite from the mindset that you hear today lord because it's i want it my way man this hey 
being a child of God is not Burger King. You cannot have it your way. <laughs> I don't care what anybody tells you. It's God's way. And let God direct your path and pray that the Lord's will be done in your life. Man, that, oh, that, think of Christ in the garden as he would sit there and he'd begin to pray. And, you know, as the Bible says, as he prayed, he prayed so intently and so hard that his prayer and his, his sweat became as great drops of blood. And he prayed, Father, if it be thy will, remove this cup from me. He knew what he was going to face. He knew what was getting ready to happen. He knew all this. And he prayed, Father, if it be your will, remove this cup from me. But and how sad, how amazing it is that he didn't stop there, that he went on. And he said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Mm. Mm. Man, that, that's the way we should pray. You know, that should be our prayer. Lord, it ain't my will. It's your will be done, Father. Lord, all these things, all these trivial things, they're trivial. But, Father, let, let us, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Yeah. Father, yeah. let our eyes be opened. Let your will come through in our lives. Man, the beauty of that, that prayer in the garden, and that's exactly where I was going to go next. So mm. it's a beautiful segue. Yeah. The beauty of that prayer in the garden is Jesus, he, he revealed his flesh right there to, to, to his Father. He said, Lord... Father, if this cup can pass for me, yeah, let it pass. I'd love for it yeah, to pass. Sure. But then he said, nevertheless. Mm-hmm. And and I think when, when we pray and we seek God for something, yeah. we always need to place the nevertheless. Yeah. You know, then you got these, these blab it, uh, blab it, grab it, name it, claim it. Mm-hmm. You know, I claim that car in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, I claim this job in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And, and and so, but never putting the never nevertheless in there. Jesus could have said, "I claim that I'm going to get, I'm going. This cup's going to pass for me in the name of my Father." You know, yeah. it. But he he said, "Father, with his heart broken, yeah, right." Oh, and, yeah. And, and and he you said the blood, the the sweat dropping his great drops of, of blood. Uh, there's a condition called hematidrosis, and hematidrosis is a, is a when people are are. In in, cap, in in captivity, and there are a lot of people that are that are prisoners of war and things like that that are under abuse. A lot of the Jews in in, in Auschwitz and in, in Germany during the time of the Holocaust they had hematidrosis, and that would be that, that that literally blood would come through their pores, and because they were in such anxiety and stress mm. I- internally, and so that's a that's a medical condition. You can Google that, guys. Hematidrosis. It's real because um, Google, <laughs> no, but it really is. It really is a condition, and and so um, that that explains how stressed that he was inside. But no matter how stressed he was, he was he was so laser focused on not on, on saying, okay, nevertheless. Nevertheless, I'm, I'm, I'm identifying my pain. I'm identifying my desire. But nevertheless, thy will be done. He signed off in yep. that moment. And I think as a believer, we can follow his example and say, God, this is what I really, 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 really want. Nevertheless, I sign off. Yep. I want your will to be done and not mine. And so that brings me back to something that I said a few weeks ago. I think it was in a sermon that we, one of us had said in a sermon uh, and I jotted it down as a note. It says, sometimes God has bigger plans than the pain relief for the moment. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think the quote was, we sometimes pray for Advil instead of God's will. Yeah, that was so, your sermon. So, That's good. So we want the pain <laughs> relief in the yeah. moment, but we're not seeking for God's plan, His greater plan and passion. So just to sum that up, 
always, always, always place a nevertheless when we place in a request. Yeah. Let the Lord's will be done in our lives. Let him be the potter. And you do rightly what you were designed to do and let you be the clay. Let him mold and shape you in his image. And look to him and cry out to him and pray intently. The fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But I love what Jamie said. Nevertheless, Father, not my will, not this flesh's will, not the easy path, Father. Lord, let your will be done. Mm. It's going to be tough. going to be hard. But I tell you what. It'll be worth it yes. after all. Amen. Every bit. Man. Mm. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Tune again in with us next week. And remember to always keep it real. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us again next week as we tackle real life together.